Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year. Plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys, I came in here fully ready to give y'all another Loki episode. I'm like, okay. I asked the people, the people said, look, do another Loki episode, get us ready. I'm like, you know, cool. I just remembered that right after Loki, like the same week, we got Black Widow. And I haven't talked about Black Widow at all. I've got to do a little Black Widow chat, okay? I got to. I have to. Sorry, I got to. I'll do a little Loki talk, but we got to talk about Black Widow. Let's, let's just go ahead and get into it. It's your weekly bonus episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo!
guys. Oh my God. I've had Torculator stuck in my head all damn day. The City Girls debuted <laughs> their first solo debut song on the billboard. I'm happy for them. See, if Marvel want to impress me, have Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Scarlett Johansson, and have Yelena, a.k.a. Florence Pugh, dance to Torculator at the end of Black Widow. Now, that'll really impress me. You guys, next week, we're we're less than a week away if you're listening to this the day it comes out here. If you're listening to it any time after this, we're less than a week away from the premiere of Loki on Disney+. Plus. It'll be our third MCU outing on Disney+. Plus. And I, oh, I couldn't be more thrilled. I'm very happy. I have been, I've been a ball of confusion, just a jar of loneliness. I've been an oasis of <laughs> complexities. I don't know what the hell else you want to call it. I've been everything. And them damn housewives been pissing me off. So I need a little more Marvel in my life. Okay. Y'all, I literally didn't think about it. I was like, okay, I asked some people close to me. I'm like, what should I do my bonus episode this week about? You know, I've done this new schedule, so I got to give them a bonus episode. They're like, oh, just get us ready for Loki. Like, that's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just get y'all ready for Loki again. Because if you remember, this week I was supposed to have a special guest on, someone that works at both Marvel and DC. It was going to be an amazing interview, but it had to postpone again the day of he had to postpone because Marvel, well, I'm sorry, I can't say Marvel. Someone <laughs> was actually making him work on a Sunday. So, we'll, it's going to happen. It's just, it won't happen then. It's the, you know, probably second time we've had to postpone. So, I'm just going to keep trying until I'm able to talk to him because it's going to be a great conversation. He's a super funny guy. Y'all will love me talking to him. So, you know, that'll happen when it happens. Until then... We got some Loki reviews to do. That'll start next week and then go for the next, what, six weeks and then Black Widow immediately after that. So I'm actually going to do a Black Widow episode for you guys. When I do my dance, money fight, these on hands, I ain't playing. Twerculator, okay? It's going to be in my head all day. Y'all just going to have to get used to it. I'm going to do a little Black Widow episode, but then at the end of this, I'm going to kind of speed through a little Loki to help y'all get ready. Now, remember, I've already done a Loki episode. I don't know what number it was, but I did a Loki episode where I dropped. I talked about uh, the characters that we can expect to see in the show. I talked about the Loki filmography, which is just every film that Loki has appeared in and everything you need to watch before this. And I talked about, you know, possible villains. I talked about the comics you could read. I talked about a lot. So if y'all just, you know, kind of need a refresher, go back to that episode, re-listen to that. But I will do a little, you know, sham sham at the end of this. And I won't give y'all comics and all like that. Well, maybe a couple. I don't know. We'll see where the Lord leads me. <laughs> the Lord, because on Instagram, the Lord been leading y'all to a, a, a lot of wrong. Play. No, I'm sorry. Let me keep playing. Lord, I'm just playing. Don't don't strike me down, Lord. The Lord been leading y'all. Y'all just won't go where he needs y'all to go. That's what I'm trying to say right there. By the way, the magical power of editing. It was the May 8th episode of Me and You, The Housewives of Marvel 2, where I did a pregame for Loki. So it was May 8th, scripted episode. It's called Let's Pregame for Loki on Disney+. Plus. So go back and listen to that. 
the episode is only 45 minutes, a little quickie. Get into it, get you a little taste, get you a little piece, and then you'll be ready for the show. Right now, I'm going to focus on Black Widow just a little bit. It's a solo episode. I didn't even solicit voice messages for this because I just wanted to, you know, uh, I didn't want to give you all a long episode. Just a little something you can listen to during your, your Thursday work morning or whatever day you listen to this. Maybe some of y'all are so accustomed to listening to my Marvel episodes on Saturday that you'll save me. I don't know. You let me know. You tell me and I'll just, you know, nod my head along with it. I'm I'm, I'm here for all of the insanity. I'm here for everything. Let me do a little house keeping, keeping, oh Lord, a little clerical work before I get into Black Widow. Now, as you all know, myself, Kaya, and Aaron from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast, we do a weekly clubhouse. It's called Melanated Bravo, where we talk all things reality TV. We might end up throwing in a Bachelorette in there. It's going to premiere this upcoming week, same week as Loki. Ew. So we'll probably talk about that. We talk about our Bravo shows, and, you know, it's a, a, such a fun time. It always, always, always goes completely off the rails. We ended up, last week, we started off talking about uh, the conversation between <laughs> Garcelle and Kyle at the restaurant where Garcelle point blank asked her, you know, did you ask any of the, would you have asked any of the white women that was it because I'm black, you know, went into that to, you know, asking what all I put in my ball bags, you know, I like boiled eggs in my ball bag. The more, the merrier, you know, I like, okay, let me give y'all my ball bag order. This is so random for the black widow episode, but I feel like y'all need to know. So my ball bag order, I only order from places they give me corn, they give me potatoes, they give me sausage, uh, broccoli is an extra, it doesn't it doesn't have to be required, but I do love some broccoli in a ball bag, so I need all of those to come with it, no exceptions, I like the option that gives you lobster, it's usually uh, a lobster tail, half pound of crab legs, and then shrimp, so I like that one. And the sauce I like, I like the sauce. Usually it's called like a king sauce or something like that after the restaurant. It's all three of the sauces mixed together. That's the one for me. That's the jam. I like that. I like extra potatoes in mine. I like extra eggs too. You know, I like to, you know, I, I goes the hell in. You know, I'm, I'm the type of, I'm the type of seafood ball bag expert. I don't need no cracker or none of that i just you know clack it with my hands you know i take a thumb thumb uh index index clack it and i get right in on it okay y'all don't know nothing about it that's okay i can teach y'all if y'all ever want to come down here if y'all ever want to come down here to memphis where we don't have any bottles of water and eat y'all some seafood i got you otherwise we i'll i'll come to y'all okay it's no big deal but with that being said join us <laughs> see how did i get here this is how our clubhouses usually go Join us on Clubhouse, become a member. We add everybody, everyone that follows, we immediately add into the membership. In just, oh my God, it hasn't even been two weeks yet. We're already over 200 followers, uh, 200 members, which is absolutely insane. I'm so happy we're growing at this rate. I love talking to you guys. I love coming into your rooms. If you ever want me to come into a room, just ping me. I genuinely don't look at my phone like that when I'm like, I'm I'm still learning Clubhouse, but just ping me. I'll come in. You know, I don't mind. Let's go ahead and talk about Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow.
the way I have this episode set up, I'm going to talk about Natasha's kind of filmography. So I'm going to walk you through what I think are all the important films that you need to watch. Now, keep in mind, some of these films she might not have actually appeared in, but it's important anyway. Y'all just go ahead and watch it any damn way. Y'all ain't got shit else to do. Y'all at home just like me, hell. Y'all just find the time to watch it, okay? So we'll go through the filmography that I think is important for this movie. You'll check those out. I'll give you some comic book recommendations to read because I know a couple of y'all have been asking about. Uh, I'm actually surprised that like so many of y'all actually do uh, one, find the comics because I didn't know some of y'all actually did have Marvel Unlimited or some of y'all actually visit your local comic book store, which I love. I love supporting local comic book stores, <laughs> but I do love my Marvel Unlimited, okay? If I ain't got to leave my damn couch to go there, I sticks with my Marvel Unlimited. But, you know, Marvel Unlimited is only Marvel, so, you know, when I need a little piece of DC, when I need a little piece of, uh, 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 uh you know, one of the other comic book girls, you know, uh, Imagine or somebody like that, you know, then I go to the comic book store. I also like seeing just, you know, some of the new figurines they got. I like talking to the people there. You know, sometimes you got to end up fighting somebody because they try to grab the same comic you grab. You just uh, slap box them a little bit. You know, what they call it? You just mush them a little bit. Hold on a minute. Y'all hear that sound? You just got to, bitch, get your... That's all you got to do. You get them out the way. They won't do none. I love going to the comic book store. So I'll give y'all some of the comic book recommendations to read if you want a different perspective of what you might see in this movie. And then I'm going to highlight one character in particular that we know for a fact we're going to meet in this movie. No, it's not Yelena. I actually, Yelena's a tricky one. I don't know if, I don't, okay, I won't give you a spoil anything, but we don't know how her story's going to end. She's either going to be a one-hit wonder in the movie, or we might see her a lot in upcoming MCU films. Like, you know, kind of taking Natasha's role. That probably won't be the case i'm just saying but you know whatever so let's go ahead and walk through natasha romanoff aka black widow's filmography the first movie that i think is particularly important to understanding the character of natasha romanoff is gonna be incredible hulk now i know what you're thinking she wasn't even in that damn movie no she wasn't okay you're right that was a little piece of, you know, Clint Barton. But two of the characters that, you know, she she knows a whole lot. You know, you can get to know them a little bit in this movie. Child, I'm losing my damn mind. Hawkeye was not in <laughs> Incredible Hulk. He was in Thor. Child, all this shit run together. Okay. You know, we, you know what? We barely acknowledge the Incredible Hulk as a part of the MCU. You know, they it started off with, uh oh boy, with Edward Norton. I was about to forget his name. See? It started off with Edward Norton as the Hulk that we know, but then it quickly turned into Mark Ruffalo. So it's almost like we don't even acknowledge that movie. See, we acknowledge all the Iron Mans because it was just, you know, a little piece of Terrence Howard that got placed by, you know, a little piece of Don Cheadle. So it was nothing to get up in arms about. It was the 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 sidekick character, the B character that, you know, now in phase four, we're starting to get to know a lot more. So, you know, it... <sighs> people don't really okay i liked the incredible hulk now i know that's a bit controversial i know some people hate it some love it some hate the fact that we have an entirely new actor playing the part and it kind of seems like a 
waste. Some people hate the fact that, you know, we saw characters like Abomination and we didn't do them justice and we might never see them again. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. Betty Ross, you know, all this. It's a lot. But, hey, the fact of the matter is, watch this movie for a couple of different reasons. One, obviously, we all know that the Hulk and Natasha Romanoff are love interest in the MCU. Now, none of that matters now because she did. But if she wasn't dead, they would probably be, you know, getting married and, you know, K-I-S-S-I-N-G and all that kind of stuff. S-E-X-X-I-N-G, you know, all that kind of stuff. They be doing all of that, but they're, they can't, quite tragic. But also, you get to meet Thunderbolt Ross in this movie. Now, Thunderbolt Ross, if you've listened, oh God, I'm not going to talk about him or the Thunderbolts. I was going to, but I'm not going to do it because go back and listen to all of my Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, podcast episodes that I did. I talk in depth, in depth about Thunderbolt Ross. Hell, I just watched Captain America Civil War today and oh, the man is all through the MCU, obviously for a reason, you know, uh, Charles, but I forget his name. Nick Fury is all through the MCU too. And for a very good reason, he assembled the Avengers. I think, I'll just say it for the 1800th time, Thunderbolt Ross has to be here to give us the Thunderbolts. Now, we've seen uh, Baron Zemo. We've seen U.S. Agent, a.k.a. Uh, what's that boy name? John Walker. You know, we, we've seen a lot of characters that we think could potentially be in the Thunderbolts. Will we ever see the Thunderbolts? I don't know. I think they're all just kind of out there floating <laughs> floating in that big jail cell but you know we'll find that out at some point the point is thunderbolt ross is connected to a lot of different people that we might be meeting in the future of the mcu like red hulk especially in the comic books and you know red hulk was a part of the thunderbolt so check it out i mean it's, it she's not in that movie but to understand the hulk to understand their relationship to understand potentially the future of the mcu the incredible hulk i think is a great place to start the next movie obviously is going to be iron man number two now if you are a fan of this podcast if you follow me on instagram then you know I don't see it for Iron Man 2 here. I don't really see it for the Iron Man trilogy, but number one, number one holds up. I could watch number one any day of the week. That's a great movie. The other two, you know, uh, (laughs) what did uh, Tiffany Pollard say? You know, she's a cute girl, you know, but cute next to gorgeous, you know, gorgeous devours cute. So that's the way I feel about Iron Man 2 and 3. I just feel like you put them against number one. And you put them up against any of the Captain America movies. Now, see, you can put them up against some of them Thor movies. Because Thor, child, you know, he, child, we'll move on, okay? Uh, So, we get to meet her. At that point, she's Natalie Rushman. But, of course, we know Natasha is a trained spy. You know, spending her days in the Red Room. She knows how to create new characters and do all this kind of stuff. She was an undercover S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the movie. She whooped Happy's ass in the movie. She, you know... I think she was one of the shining stars in that abysmal ass movie. So she's one of the reasons to watch. So if you don't remember being fond of Iron Man 2, which a lot of people aren't, then just remember that she was actually a pretty good part of the movie. So if for no other reason, go back and at least watch it for her appearance. It's the movie that 
debuted Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, to us and helped her become a part of the next movie, which is The Avengers. First of all, I love Natasha's intro scene in this movie. It's the one where she's tied up in the chair and the guys are, you know, they're uh, trying to interrogate her, get information out of her. But she's the one that's pimping them. She's the one that's in control. She takes a phone call during the meeting. She's like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I'll go get the Hulk. And then she proceeds to get out of the chair, get untied, whoop some ass. And then she goes to get the Hulk. This is also establishing the fact that Natalie is one of the only, ooh, not Natalie, I'm talking about, still talking about Natalie Damn Rushman, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, I'm just going to call her Black Widow from now on. Black Widow is one of the few people in the MCU that's able to, maybe the only person in the MCU that can actually calm down the Hulk and get him back to Bruce Banner mode. So it's important to kind of see that because we see them meeting in the MCU for the first time. Also, this movie is important because she's one of the original white Avengers. And that's amazing. And she's the only, you know, woman white Avengers. So, you know, there's big teams, you know, big teams, you know, six, six whole superheroes on the team are white, you know, but hey, we're getting a little diversity now. So, you know, Kendrick's a, <laughs> Kendrick's a happy boy. But yeah, check out the Avengers. That's a good one. And we also... One of the things that I love about this movie is that scene between her and Loki. Loki, of course, who will, you know, talk about a little bit, but who has his own series coming up. It looked like she was actually in the trailer for the movie, too. Now, we don't know if that was her or not. We don't know if she'll actually make an appearance, but we might, you know, you might be able to count on seeing Natasha Romanoff in Loki. That might be actually why they're so close together as far as premiere dates. So, you know, his finale and her premiere date, you know, whatever, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I love that scene between them where she goes to, he doesn't know she's coming to get information out of her. Uh, she's coming to get information out of him, but you know, they talk and he think he's tricking everybody, but she, you know, does the crying and she gets all the information out that she needs. She finds out that his whole intent was to get Bruce Banner, AKA the Hulk on the ship or on the whatever, the shield carrier, and to make him mad and to tear that thing apart. That was his whole plan. So she used that red room skill. She pimped him. She got the information out of him, and she was able to go and, I guess, warn the team. I don't know. It didn't work out so well, but at least she got the plan. So we know Natasha knows how to get the job done, okay? So if you're keeping track, so far I've said The Incredible Hulk, I've said Iron Man 2, I've said the Avengers, and then we get to my personal favorite, still probably my favorite movie in the MCU, which would be the second Captain America movie, Captain America Winter Soldier. I fucking love that movie. I do. I can't help it. I just love that movie. If you ask most diehard Marvel fans, diehard MCU fan, diehard action movie fans, they will all at least put this movie in their top five. Like, it's going to be hard to beat out Winter Soldier in most MCU people's minds. I mean, you know, Civil War is absolutely amazing. Something about Winter Soldier, though. Winter Soldier, personally, is my favorite because it contains so many of my favorite scenes in the MCU. The scene where... They're chasing Nick Fury 
down the road when he's in his SUV that's been shot all up. That whole action sequence, amazing. The uh, Captain America chasing Bucky when he first, uh, you know, shoots at Nick Fury in his apartment, amazing. The iconic elevator scene, amazing. When he beats up everybody from crossbones to, I'm talking about he whoop all them people ass and then he jumps out of the elevator, breaks the glass, lands on his shield. We get to see him meeting Sam Wilson for the first time, who becomes, of course, dun, 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 Captain America. If you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you are irresponsibly behind. So go ahead and fix that. I, there's not much I can tell you if you don't. If you don't know that by now, but there's so that's our first. Well, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say our first Bucky Barnes appearance, but that's our first Winter Soldier, like major, major appearance where we see the person that he had to. If you remember in episode four of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it starts off with him being in Wakanda and Io walking around the fire with him. And she says the words and he doesn't go into Winter Soldier mode. It's a beautiful thing. And so we get to see him at his absolute worst because now we can actually appreciate him at his absolute best. This movie just contains so much greatness. And Natasha is a huge part of it because it's basically, it's basically a duo movie. Her and Steve the whole time until they go and get Sam. And then it's a, a trio movie. Like it's, I mean, it's great. That threesome right there really works. So Check that movie out. I can't rant about it enough. I literally have to stop myself right now. Plus, I think at some point, I don't, I can't really, I can't say it because I don't, I doubt it's true, but I'm hoping maybe we'll get a little, during that time, a little Natasha, Yelena, Bucky, Sam, Love Fest somewhere in Black Widow movie. I don't know. Probably won't happen, but I'm, I just feel like we're going to get some kind of reveal in the movie. Like, I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to be in it as uh, Valentina de la Fontaine, Chicken Wing, a la, a la Negra, Amara La Negra. You know, we, whatever the hell her character name is from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we'll see her. And I'm ready. Next up, number five on the list, we've got Age of Ultron. Now, y'all know Age of Ultron is a pretty subpar movie it's okay you know it could have been a lot better as a follow-up avengers movie but i really like it you know why because i love the twins i love mutants i don't know if they're considered mutants in the mcu but i'm still holding out hope that quicksilver and scarlet witch will be confirmed as mutants in the mcu at some point i'm holding out hope i don't know if it's gonna happen but who knows but anyway in this movie it's an Avengers movie, so she's getting as equal, you know, screen time as the rest of everyone. Maybe a little less, though. But the amazing thing about this movie is she was pregnant the whole time they were making this movie. They literally had to airbrush out her stomach the entire time. Had to put in belts, all kind of stuff, and just, you know, let her walk through and just let her do what she do. So, watch it for that fact alone. It's all kind of amazing. Still kick the ass while pregnant. I'm here for it, Okay. And you know what else we get in this movie? We get a flashback. I think our first flashback since Natasha's been in the MCU of the Red Room. Now, you're going to learn a lot more about the Red Room in Black Widow, the movie, because I think we're going to see a lot of her time in the Red Room. But that's basically where the assassins 
and the you know mercenaries were they were training they were beaten all kinds of stuff they were sterilized all types of things to make them like the most sophisticated world-class killing machines alive so those are that's why you know natasha's able to hold her own against everybody else because she was raised a killing machine, basically. So because of the tricks that Wanda was playing with her chaos magic on everyone's mind, she had a glimpse back into the Red Room in that movie. And it's important to see that because I think we're going to see a variation of that scene within Black Widow. So check out that movie. Now, look, stick with it, okay? It ain't that damn bad. But at least just focus on Aaron Taylor Johnson the whole time. That's what that's what i do so just check it out and you won't i was about to say you won't regret it but maybe you will but that's okay just watch it anyway i tell y'all do a lot of shit y'all probably don't want to do but just do it anyway next up we've got one of my favorites captain america civil war now listen to me when i say this i watched this movie today and i'm always reminded when i think about black widow the movie is this movie is important, 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 very important. It's important for you to watch this movie specifically because Black Widow, in case you don't know, I don't know when y'all are thinking this movie is set because keep in mind, uh, she dead. So this movie is actually set after the events of Captain America Civil War, but before Infinity War. So this movie is almost like a direct lead in to Natasha's story, the way it ended in Black. I'm sorry, the way it ended in Civil War. Now, keep in mind, at the end of this movie, we saw Natasha debating whether or not she could betray Steve and uh, the boy named Bucky and Sam and all like them. She couldn't. She ended up, you know, shooting at T'Challa, our precious T'Challa, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. She shoots at him, delays him, and, oh boy, she basically winds up, now if y'all remember, see I'm making a lot of Falcon and the Winter Soldier references here because I feel like it all connects a lot, but remember, Sharon they found in Madripoor, Sharon had been on the run this whole time. All of them after Civil War, all the ones that weren't on Team Tony Stark were basically on the, they were on the lam the entire time because they were wanted fugitives they were people that broke the sokovia accords which is what this that movie introduces that as well and the sokovia accords are probably important going forward in the mcu too who damn knows you know they're doing a lot of pardoning but you know i'm assuming that the sokovia accords are going to be important going forward anyway it's important to know that that movie is going to take place after that and she like the other people are actually she's on the run too so, like Sharon, she had to make a new life for herself, but we're guessing that this movie is going to tell us everything about what she's been doing since she's been basically outside of America. You know, the next time we saw her, I think, was in Infinity War when they went to save Vision and Scarlet Witch from uh, Thanos's, you know, his little crew, his little buddy, his little pals, all from killing them, so... That was the last time we saw her, so we got a lot of stuff to see. We need to see why she uh, dyed her hair blonde. I have a sneaking suspicion. I won't ruin anything for y'all, 
But once the movie actually comes out, I'll tell you my theories and I'll tell you if it, you know, it actually held up. You know, I don't like to ruin nothing for you. You know, if you want to slide into the DMs, you know I'm right here. So just slide into the DMs and I'll tell you what's up. But until then, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. So if you don't watch any other movie, watch this one because it's going to explain basically the setting, the setup. It's going to explain everything around why she's doing what she's doing in that movie. Remember, that whole thing with, you know, the blip and stuff, a lot of people, you know, Clint was in jail, and then after the events of Infinity War, he became, you know, Ronan. He was all out there killing folk all in uh, Japan. And, she, you know, he was going, he lost his damn mind. But every time we see people when they can't be on the good side, they basically have to do a little evil. You know, they have to work on their own. They got to do a little something, something. So we'll see what the hell Natasha's been up to. And, oh, boy, that's going to be a lot. So I just told you guys that she appears in Infinity War. It's mostly, you know, she's fighting, too. She's fighting alongside Okoye out there in Wakanda. You know, she fights with Steve and uh, Sam to help save Wanda and Vision, a.k.a. Wanda Vision. So, you know, in that movie, though, it's just important to really remember that she's one of the ones. Of course, all the original six Avengers, if you never caught on to that. I, you have to say that sometimes. I don't think people always realize that. But the whole reason that movie was set up the way it was was because they wanted all six of the original Avengers to be there. Because, you know, they were giving a lot of these people their backstory or whatever, you know. So... Natasha makes it through Infinity War, but you know that's where we know we know some shit's gonna go on because everyone gets dusted at the end of that movie except mostly the main six and then some of the ancillary characters that we've met. We then, if you want to get technical, the next time we see her is in a post-credit scene of Captain Marvel. I always watch recommend watching Captain Marvel because I love the movie. So if you love the movie, watch it too. Don't let people convince you that Captain Marvel is a bad movie. I thoroughly enjoy Captain Marvel every single time I watch it. It can give you a little hokey at times. They don't let Brie Larson act the way that we know she can act, but that's okay. The new one have a new director to be the bomb diggity.com diggity. So anyway, after that, the last time you're gonna see uh Scarlet Child Black Widow <laughs> in the MCU is going to be in Endgame. So that's going to be the direct follow-up to both of those two movies. In this one, however, she doesn't make it out. Her and uh, Hawkeye, when they go back on the time-traveling, you know, scheme that Todd set up to come with you with the bullshit. You know, that scheme that he set up. That's when they get on that uh, Vormir and they start fighting like they ain't got no sense to see who go die. Child, I guess. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, girl, you could do it. Not me. Nah, nah, girl, you could do it. You could die. Uh-uh. Nah, here, let me push you. Nah, see, it couldn't be me. Them some good friends right there. I'd be pushing Natasha ass off that goddamn cliff. But anyway, that's when we see her. So we know that we're not going to see any more of that, Natalie. I don't know if the the multiverse will come into effect or something and bring Natalie back. I don't know. You know, maybe we'll see a different version of Nat. Who knows? But it's important just to know that she meets her untimely demise in this movie. And that's how they're able to get the soul stone from Vormir. So they do that. And that's basically it. 
you don't need to know all of that necessarily. You just need to know that for, I guess, context to know that when she makes it alive out of this movie that she's still going to die at some point. So that's important to know for a lot of people. So basically from this whole section I just did, just make sure if nothing else, make sure you watch Civil War. And I would say watch Infinity War too because we might get an Infinity War reference towards the end of the movie. You might see why she looks the way she does in that movie because of the events of Black Widow. So check all that out. Up next, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the comics that you guys might want to read to give you a different perspective on the character of Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for The Dip today. First up, should make a lot of sense if you were listening to what I just said. We're going to read Captain, well, no, (laughs) that's the movie. We're going to read Civil War Volume 1. It's Captain America versus Iron Man. So just like the movie, it kind of gives you a glimpse into the battle between Captain America and Iron Man. But also, you get tons of characters, and who doesn't love that? So you see Natasha basically in the same role that she was in in the movie, but... You know, it's it's important to see, so check it out. I love, my favorite comics are the big, you know, event, they call them comics. Those are the ones where, you know, it has the the nice title like, uh, shit, what's it called? Uh, Fear Itself or, you know, Avengers versus X-Men. You know, all the kind of the events that happen that lead up from like a lot of different issues. So that's one of the reasons. I love those kind of comics. So that's a good one. It's a whole volume of just good stuff. Read it. Get to know Natasha a little more. See her fighting skills in action. Number two, Black Widow, Deadly Origin. Now see this one is from about a decade ago, 2010, by Paul Cornell. It's only a four-part series, though, so it's a a relatively quick read. You could do this, hell, on your lunch break. (laughs) I always say, you know, this is like a really good introductory comic book read for people who love the MCU, because, you know, Black Widow, that's a character that we have in the MCU, and for those who love leading women... Oh, Lord, I was about to say a practitioner. You know what? <laughs> Those who love leading women protagonists and heroes or should I say anti-heroes? I don't know. Depending on which way you lean with, you know, <laughs> Black Widow. I say that because most comic book references, if you don't know, they reference other comics. So you'll see like if you're reading, you'll see like one of the panels, they'll say something. They'll have like an asterisk next to one of the words. And then they'll have parentheses or the asterisk to lead to something else to say, you know, please see, you know, Spider-Man issue number 173 
because it's talking about something happening that particular issue. So they might be talking about the events of a comic that's already happened, you know, some kind of big world changing event. And then, you know, you don't know what the hell's going on, but you have to re refer back to that one. This comic is great because it doesn't really do that. It just kind of, you know, tells her story and it doesn't rely on any other comic books necessarily. I personally think it's one of her best comic book story arcs. So it's definitely worth checking out. Similar to this, we have 2004's No Place Like Home. It's yet another mini series about Black Widow. This time, it's more so focused on that intense time in the Red Room that I was telling you about. So we know for a fact we're going to see the Red Room in Black Widow. We don't know how much of it, but we know we're going to see it because we saw it in the actual trailer. And this is where her and her other assassins, you know, they had to endure a lot of intense ass training and get beat mercilessly and master all of these different skills, both, uh, you know, social skills, uh, combat skills, all kind of skills to make them the kind of assassins that they are today. I mean, obviously, you know, her training is intense. You know, she's a human with no enhanced abilities or no superhero abilities, no super serum, nothing like that. But she's fighting alongside the Avengers. So obviously that training must have been something. So if you want to dig into the Red Room a little more before you see it on screen, on screen, I would say check out No Place Like Home from 2004. I know some people like reading more recent comics. So if you're one of those people, I, you know, I go through those phases too. I'm like, okay, I just want to read something, something newer that maybe I haven't read before. I haven't checked out. I don't know this story arc. Check out 2016's Itsy Bitsy Spider. Now we know Yelena is going to be in Black Widow. For those that don't know, she's going to be played by motherfucking Florence Pugh, AKA Midsommar, you know, Lelou, Lelou, that creepy ass movie. You know, I did, child, listen, I rewatched Midsummer the other day. I've seen that movie, I don't know how many times now, but every time I watch it, I'm just like, gee, what the hell is happening? Them jumping off that cliff. I saw a deleted scene that was just as creepy the other day. It's a lot. They making the boy have sex with that lady to get her pregnant, then kill him. Listen, it's a whole lot. If you haven't seen that movie, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, creepiness to the next creativity but not creepiness just like jump scares or anything it's mostly like hey this shit could happen to you quit trusting people and going off to their native lands <laughs> with them to have them be slaughtering you i don't know just check it out really good movie uh anyway they train together her and yelena and she feels like you know she should be the motherfucking black widow and natasha is like uh nah bitch i'm the motherfucking black widow so obviously a lot of conflict ensues, and we find out who's going to be the real Black Widow. Another one is going to be Homecoming. Now, this one is another tale of Natasha going back to Russia and dealing with the past. But it's honestly, it's one of the best, probably, Black Widow stories that's been told in comics. I really like it a lot. She's out of the game, but of course she gets pulled right back in after some assassination attempts. And yeah, check it out. That's a really good one. And lastly, number six, the one that I personally think is the best. I like Finally Woven Thread. 
This is from 2014, so pretty recent, by Nathan Edmondson. Another story of Natasha, you know, attempting to atone for her terrible-ass past, which is pretty similar to what we've seen in the MCU. She's always, that's basically why she's an Avenger to, and works for S.H.I.E.L.D. to try to atone for all of the mess that she's done. Remember, at the end of Captain America Civil War, you know, she has to make the decision of putting all that personal information out there, including her own, or leaving it private. But, you know, leaving it private wouldn't have done anybody any good and still the three ships would have never pointed to each other and all that kind of stuff so you know it's just a lot but i say all that to say maybe in this movie we'll actually find out what some of those terrible things were because obviously in the comics and in the mcu natasha does a lot of atoning for her past so it might be time to dive into what some of those incredibly awful things were i mean that's exactly that's why she sacrifice herself at the end of Endgame, right? So, I mean, it makes sense. So, I guess we'll see. Like I said, probably the best Black Widow series, in my opinion, if I remember correctly. <laughs> in my opinion, it was. You know, I I think so. Maybe other people probably have different opinions. Some people like Homecoming better, the one I just named. But read them all. I mean, you got time. I like Natasha most when she's, like, in these big team-up events. But this was a great run. So, it's worth reading. Now, before I finish with Black Widow, I want to tell you about the villain. So, the main character that I'm going to mention is going to be the villain of the... You know, I've already mentioned Yelena. But I'm going to mention the villain who is a character known as Taskmaster. So, in Marvel Comics, Taskmaster is kind of an evil, you know, mercenary type who's always hired by terrible organizations, not unlike most villains. And is an ex- and he's kind of an instructor. So, actually, you want to know what's kind of funny about this for the MCU? Because in the comics, Taskmaster actually taught a certain character how to throw Captain America's shield. Now, who you ask? Oh, a one John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent. You remember fake-ass uh, Captain America from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, he was actually the one that taught him how to throw that, which I thought we were going to get a reference in that movie, but we didn't, but you know, that's okay. Um, in comics though, one of his other students, because he's had, you know, several is going to be Crossbones, who was played by Frank Grillo. Now we've seen Frank Grillo in a couple of different MCU movies, both related to Captain America. The first one being Winter Soldier, you know, he led the attack on him in that elevator and then he uh, held that gun to Sharon Carter's head. And then in Civil War, when Wanda Maximoff blew his ass all to hell. So, you know. Uh, Taskmaster has been affiliated with, like, lots of different organizations in Marvel Comics. Some of which I've mentioned on this podcast before. Like the Thunderbolts. I've mentioned them to death. And AIM. Which, if you watched Modoc on Hulu, like I asked you to, you know exactly what AIM is. So, just a quick history on the character before I switch over and do a quick little reminder about Loki. He took kind of like a specific comic booky steroid and injected it into himself. And he actually gained the ability to retain lots and lots of information. Not just like book knowledge stuff but, like, actual, like, muscle memory stuff, too. So, like, he's able to look at characters, you know, he's able, like, to read books and stuff and remember 
all this information, but he's also able to like see, you know, someone's fighting technique or someone's anything like the moves that they do an entire fight sequence. He can watch it and fast forward and he'll remember everything that they do, which is why in the trailer you see him hitting some of the iconic poses that we know because he studied a lot of the characters that are already in the MCU, like Black Panther, Captain America, Iron Man, etc., etc. So it'll be fun to you know watch that movie and kind of point out a lot of the stuff that we're actually seeing. So I'm looking forward to seeing Taskmaster. I think I just kind of hyped my, myself up to see Black Widow. Obviously, I was going to see it anyway. I was going to see it a million times probably. But this movie has been delayed so many times that it's just like not hyped up for me anymore. But I kind of feel like I just hyped myself up. So I'm kind of ready for Black Widow now. Now i got a lot of things to look forward to in the next two months. i got all of the Loki episodes, all six. And I've got Black Widow. Let me go ahead and give y'all a little refresher on some of the things about Loki before I get out of here. Again, if you want to go back and listen to my May 8th episode entitled Let's Pre-Game for Loki on Disney+, Plus," you should because I really dive into it on that one. But if you can't, let me just do a quick speed round of what you need to know to get ready for the upcoming Loki series. I won't go through comic books, but what I will say is I'll mention the most important movies that we will need to know for this film. So obviously, you know, we meet him throughout the three Thor movies. That's Thor, Thor Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok. He has a a pretty good arc in all of those, but still pretty a sucky guy throughout all of them, except he kind of reforms at the end of Ragnarok. We really see his story kind of come to a head in Infinity War when he attempts to save Thor, but of course is killed by Thanos in the opening of the movie. It's important to know that this story won't be picking up from there. We're not meeting that version of Loki that's gone through all these different movies and all these different changes. We're meeting the Loki from 2012's Avengers. Now, that movie, remember at the end, he's the one that did the attack on New York City. He was the main antagonist in that movie. So they captured him at the end. We didn't see them going all downstairs and stuff, but we saw that in Endgame. They had him downstairs, had him, uh, you know, chained up or whatever. Iron, Iron Stark, Iron Man was coming, you know, he had the, uh, the Tesseract in the box. He was going and the Hulk came down the stairs, knocked him out, knocked the Tesseract out of the case right in front of Loki. That version of Loki, who is still pretty fucking crummy, grabs it and then goes somewhere in time only god knows where and that's where we're going to pick up in this series at least i'm assuming that's exactly where we're going to pick up because that's the loki we're going to be getting in this series so don't expect the loki that you've come to love and you know admire for change and all that kind of stuff that one's dead that one's dead like Natasha. <laughs> so this episode is actually a perfect combo for them. You're going to be meeting the terrible Loki that had just attacked New York with all of the, uh, oh God, what's, what's Thanos' army name? The, uh, the Chitari. So that's the Loki you're going to be getting. So don't expect him to be anything other than a, a mischievous fuckboy. The organization you're going to need to know for this se- this series is the TVA. The Time Variance Authority. They're an organization that oversees all the timelines within the multiverse. They don't want you fucking up time in any way, shape, or fashion. 
Within the TVA, you have timekeepers who guard the actual time stream. The time stream was created by He Who Remains, who was like the last director or chairman or, you know, whatever you want to say, uh, of the Time Variance Authority. He created the timekeepers and the time twisters, but that's getting a little bit deep, so I won't go all the way into that. You probably don't. You might need to know that, but we'll let that unfold and we'll let Marvel tell their story on Disney Plus if we need to know it. Uh... I always kind of wonder if that's going to be, you know, connected to She-Hulk. Because keep in mind, She-Hulk, I think it's coming early 2022. So we'll see because the TVA and She-Hulk and her law office, they have a lot of surprising, you know, interactions. So we'll see how that plays out. We also know, if you remember my previous episodes, that the TVA is responsible for Nexus beings, which are people like Kang the Conqueror who you all know is going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium and our very own insanely, incredibly uh, iconic, stupendous, amazing, superior, our favorite witch, Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. So these are people that can, you know, go between realities and all this kind of stuff. So they're responsible for keeping them in check, basically. Kind of, you know, you know, Dr. Strange, people come to Earth and try to fuck shit up. He like, kind of in that role, but, you know, universal across multiple realities. Another character you might need to know, that's the organization, but you'll need to know Mobius and Mobius, played by Owen Wilson. I wasn't going to mention him at first, but, you know, uh, I love Owen Wilson. So he's going to be a good one. Uh, So I'm mentioning Nexus Beings. Because they kind of relate to the Fantastic Four. And of course, you know, we know the Fantastic Four is going to come. Mobius and Mobius is going to be Loki's kind of go-to, don't fuck this up kind of person. So we'll see him. He's not super, super known in comics, but like one of his most notable storylines happens with the Fantastic Four. So maybe we're going to see a Loki kind of previewing of the Fantastic Four or the setup for the Fantastic Four. Maybe we'll see Kang the Conqueror because Kang the Conqueror, you know, deals with the Fantastic Four a lot. You know, we never know. Not important, but maybe important. We're also going to see Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who uh, I know from Black Mirror and The Morning Show. She's going to be Ravana Lexus Renslayer. Now, this character in Conic, comics has a history with Kang the Conqueror so it's kind of important to know that you know she's here and Kang is coming so maybe Kang will pop up he had to you know conquer all the worlds except for hers and then he wanted her hand in marriage and she was like boy bye his people ended up turning against him so he joined forces with her and the Avengers this is all in the comics now and of course they ended up falling in love then Shit gets real because she ends up, you know, taking a bullet for him. And he tries to work with the Grandmaster, who we've all seen in the MCU before, Thor Ragnarok specifically. And uh, he's unsuccessful. He never really gets to have kind of a happy ending with her. And so, you know, of course, he's doing this in various different timelines and realities and multiverses and all that kind of stuff. We're also going to see one me. Uh, I think it's Masaku, who uh, I don't know what character she's playing, though. But I love her as an actress. 
So I'm excited to see whatever she gives on the show. She might be one of the timekeepers, I'm assuming. So that's a little speed round of uh, Loki. You guys, that's all I've got. We're less than one week away from finally seeing Loki. And we're not too far off from Black Widow. So use all of this. Go do some reading material. Go back and listen to my Loki episode to get ready. Listen to this episode. Send it to some of your friends to get ready for Black Widow. And I'll see you guys next week. See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.